0: Hello, friends, and welcome in for another episode of Vol Club Confidential. I'm your host Austin Price of VolQuest.com. Only two episodes left in season number one of Vol Club Confidential. Then we'll take the summer off, and we'll reconvene once fall camp gets here. The star of the show this week is sophomore running back Dylan Sampson. But before we bring him in, we're going to bring in the Vol Club's Brandon Spurlock. Brandon, you all started this captaincy program to kind of help grow the Vol Club. And you've got a group of guys that have really bought in to uh, kind of their role of, uh, you know, helping you all expand.
1: Yeah, just another page in the, the organic growth that we've done We're kind of chasing a lot of things. And, you know, we fail at a few things here and there and we turn them off. But this is one that was led by, you know, one of our early members that kind of started out and then got to our highest level of membership at that Tennessean level and just was really pouring a lot of himself into what we were doing. And we had talked about doing like something like this for a while. And, you know, a company like ours, you kind of need people to just do. And so Kenny Clayton, who's joined our team, you know, helped get this group started. And we really want to take it all across the state. And our our membership growth has really seen an uptick here lately, you know, just because of that. Because we're kind of getting into where, you know, basketball's over, baseball's still going. But after the football push, that group has really helped drive, you know, our numbers here lately. Your numbers have
0: constantly went up. But, uh, you know, what is it about this group of guys and the pride they have that sticks out to you, because I mean, they, I think they're taking a lot of pride in kind of, you know, these these weekly meetings to discuss, you know, different avenues, different
1: paths to help grow. Yeah, it's pride, but it's also structure. I mean, they've got some pretty intense data analytics that are going into it, and they're tracking what they're doing. And really, it's about formalizing and structuring the process to, you know, articulate and take that out to anybody and everybody that will listen to say, you know, Vol Club is about two things. It's about creating sustainable, ongoing and in- opportunities for our players first and foremost, and. Then Creating an unmatched fan experience for the people that are members, and so having not just the people that work here for for Spire and for the Vault Club, but now having a group that is an ever-growing group. Like we're taking people, anybody that wants to do that in their county or their area of the state, or even outside of the state. You know, we're taking all all buyers on that. So if you want to be in and kind of you know not just be a member, but go the extra mile and do something a little more, we can have you be a part of the team peripherally like that. Well, anytime you're growing stuff
0: organically, it's really baptism by fire iron with a couple of those guys. I think they've been baptized a couple of thousand times by their dad. Um, We'll talk more about that at a later date. Now let's get to the star of tonight's show, and that's running back Dylan Sampson. You're wrapping up freshman year. Take me through what you felt like the season was for you, and then spring practice, you know, this go around your thoughts?
2: Um, I feel like the season was really big for me in terms of being in a limited running back room. I knew it was times where I would have had to step up and play or I knew I would have had to get opportunities that um, you know, probably like most wouldn't expect at that early stage, but I was doing the best I could to be prepared for that. And I think it ultimately like helped me progress as a player and as a person step into this spring moving in the offense like a vet, like really having to be RB one at times just with um Jabari and uh Jay Wright, um depending on where they be sometimes. So like it produced more like comfortability um just in the room and on the
0: field. Every running back that ever comes through here as a freshman, the biggest question is is how they gonna be in pass protection. How they gonna be in pass protection. You go back to when you first got here, Henning gets ear at L S U, you almost make an unbelievable play there. I mean you really did make an unbelievable play, but almost pick a first down And then you kind of disappear because of the pass protection. Then it gets better. You come back. You're a different different back those last three or four games. What was the difference? Was it just a matter of just earning your way back, or what was it? Um, I would say probably that
2: too, but just me stepping back and just refocusing because it – it wasn't that I didn't know what to do. It was just like, man, really, first big SEC game. I'm back at home in back, back at home, Rouge, yeah. Back at home, and it's just like that's a, one of the freshman moments that I had. But you know, thank God nothing you know bad happened. But it was a, like one of the biggest like stepping stones for me. That's a you know a top top five quarterback in this draft class, and you know our job is to protect him just as much as we run the ball, and like that's kind of what the the coaches they tell us like. That's an NFL quarterback that you know you need to protect him this and that. So like that was a a chance for me to like step back and like I need to be like on my my top A game practice whatever time I get in the game. So like they'll trust me going into these later games in the season and when I got my chance to show what I could do you know, I'll be on point in the run game and in the pass game.
0: You have that big run against Vanderbilt, a couple of them. Kind of take me through that game. How big was that from a confidence standpoint? Just, you know, I mean, when you're in high school, you run wild, you're a superstar, then you get to college, and all of a sudden it's almost like a reset, right? Yeah. You have to kind of earn your way back. It's small increments of playing time for most freshmen. To finally have that big run, how how gratifying was it? Everybody's dream is to
2: have the long touchdowns and – Ultimately mean, that's what they brought me here for is to, you know, sure. be home run, home run hitter. And that was um I feel like that was a glimpse I showed the, the people of what I can do. But at times like the whole running back room had a like a good day. <laughs> they like, did, yeah. We had a great day that day. And it was just like I honestly didn't believe it. I was just I was just playing. And then when I broke that tackle and I was running in my head, I was like, no way that just happened. Like, no way that just happened. Cause we were all just doing like crazy good. But it was like a good feeling just to know that we all did good that game. I had a long run, and it's just an ultimate uh, confidence booster going into the last game of the season, you know, with Joe Milton uh, starting his first game at quarterback that year. But uh, we put a good uh, put good show on the ground for on um, the fans.
0: You're just wrapping up your freshman year as we talked about, but you're like an old head. Like, you know, you just, you're just very mature, you handle yourself a certain way. Do you feel like even as a 18-, 19-year-old kid you've – establish yourself as kind of a guy that even the younger guys or even an older guy could come to and 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 you know talk ball with be a leader that type thing I feel like I feel
2: like I have especially in this in the winter session going into spring ball I've been more more um, I am a talkative person but last year my whole focus was to come in and learn the plays do what I do do what I could do to get on the field so like you didn't see as much as that from me last year, but it's it's really just my personality going into off-season workouts when we in the weight room, out on the field, whether it's with Deshaun or Cam, um, helping them learn. I feel like, you know, if you ask anybody, I'm always an a energy giver or could be a leader, no matter who I'm talking to, if it's an older
0: guy or a younger guy, I do feel like that's an area that I developed that. You committed early on, and, and then as you, you know, you know, pointed out earlier you didn't get here until summertime so do you, do you kind of feel like you walked in with maybe lesser expectations not for yourself but from others like there wasn't like this weight on you coming in that some kids feel just because you committed early and you didn't arrive to late I feel like there was a little a bit less expectations just because we got another running back in
2: the class too at the same time um I mean I don't know I can't, you know, be in the coach's head. But I will say – I will say I felt more pressure. And not – they weren't giving me pressure, but I feel like the pressure is more intense in the summer just because – last you know, time you didn't have spring last time you know what i'm saying so you have spring ball and it's like it's building stones you have a whole bunch of new guys enter it's like they're, they're a little bit more patient with you and that's that's what i realized you know being in my first winter session they're a little bit more patient with you but like when you get in the summer i mean it's summer than fall camp then season so there's no time to not not know the plays and that's what coach hypo said all the time like if you don't know the plays you have no shot of playing so like that was my that was my main thing. I didn't really feel like the pressure, but I I felt that like the urgency of like collectively as a team, like how fast we were moving just as terms of like practice and workouts and getting into fall
0: camp. What was it that the staff did a good job of selling you on? When when go back to when you were not committed and you come here on your official, you left that week, you know, kinda knowing this is where you wanna be. What did they sell you on? What was that pitch? And and what did you like about Hype or Jerry Mack in that, in that, in that sales pitch?
2: Um, it just felt genuine. Uh, honestly, it was just this offense, like, probably one of the bigger things. They went into detail, uh, like, kind of describing how it was. Coach Hype was specifically because, you know, all the other coaches were trying to really, you know, figure out exactly what it was and how they were going to do it. But – the you know, Coach. I was like, you'll fit perfectly in our offense. Like, we'll do some things with you. If we get you out in space in this offense, this and that, it'll be great. I mean, I love this offense. I mean, it is great for people in space. And but the the biggest thing I'll probably say is just like every, it was genuine, and it probably wasn't more so what the coaches sold me. It was what I felt from the players at the time. Like this was a team that was in transition. Like some players committed to. A coach that wasn't even there no more. So like I took my, you know, I took my time to ask like people like Jabari or big old people all over onside the ball when I had like the player time. Like 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 what do you really think about this and you know that? But I would say it was one moment. We were eating dinner one night at Root Chris. Jabari was my host, and uh, his mom called him, FaceTimed him, and Coach Hypo just comes around the corner, greets her uh name everything and at that point they only been there for a couple of months but it's just like that was a that was a, a instance and in where like I was just like like he's building something that's really like family to come around the table greet his mother with the name just like when only being there a couple months I was like like that's the place I want to be
0: see that's what I'm saying the old head I mean like you notice little things like that like you know I'm not sure a lot of kids would even pay attention to those type <laughs> things and you're you're thinking kind of chestnut checkers there Yeah. um Jerry Mack Talk about that relationship.
2: Oh yeah, he he's a real coach. Um, you know, that's like right now it's to a point. You know, I'm I could be tr- trusted as a leader in the um, in the room, but he's a he's a smart football coach. I mean, he was once an offensive coordinator. He was once a head coach. He was <laughs> once a head coach, and you know, number one thing is like he will like cram the details in your head. Like he's gonna make sure that you know what you're doing, but like it's almost like. You could laugh with him, you know, you could joke with him and he'll get you better. He'll also take advice from you, you know, like how you feeling, um, what you thinking. Like even during the game, he asks us what we see out there, collaborate with us. It's just like a, you know, a communicative relationship. And he pushes us each each and every single one of us every day to get better. And there's times where he'll get on all of us if he catches us slipping. But like that's what makes us better. And He's just a genuine person. I feel like everybody, everybody you talk to on the staff, you say, I like, I like, I like Jerry Mack. You know what I'm saying? I like Jerry Mack. He's, I mean,
0: he's just a genuine coach. When I see Coach Mack out on the practice field, I think he's getting ready to call for four tires and a splash of gas because he always has the headset on like he's a crew chief at NASCAR. He always got
2: the it's headset. It's a different kind of, of
0: headset though. Like, you the, know what I the the mean?
2: Way like, the, how he has it up. Yeah. And then, yeah,
0: that's how,
2: that's him though. That's him. He's always chewing that gum too. He loves his gum. Nah, yeah. What kind of gum? Juicy Fruit, I think. I think that's like an
0: old man's gum. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. That's my auntie. Ever my father-in-law, he 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 has it in his little pocket and his his comb and his Juicy Fruit or Tic Tacs.
2: Like you chew it three
0: times, the flavor gone. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs>
2: to each his own. Like, that's what my auntie she used to chew that in, in church. I was bored because
0: service used to be like three hours, so I used to take a piece of gum feel like I got cavities every two. And then you would pull out the little thing where you're supposed to put the offering and put the gum in there. Is that what you, that what you did? <laughs>
2: with, the, with the gum. I put, a, I put money in the offering.
0: <laughs> well, we no, put, I know that. I'm just saying, though, like that's when you were trying to get rid of your gum in church. That's the natural place. The little, the little place where you get the offering. Man, I had to get rid of that juicy fruit. <laughs> Man. How would you describe your game? For, for fans that watch you, have seen you, I, I would, how do you think – what do you think they see? I know one thing for sure, they haven't seen enough yet. But,
2: I mean, they see an electric electric player that, you know, has a potential to make a lot of big plays. I think that's what a lot of people see, um, the big plays. But to describe my game, I've, I would call myself, like, a subtle, patient, explosive runner. It's like, I don't – I don't feel like I put too much effort in when I run. That's why, I mean, that's why my favorite player was mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara always coming in cuz just the way he runs, just the way he flows, it's like he flows with the game like and all my years of running track, I've been like developing my runs like so I run comfortably and smoothly. So, me obviously being not the biggest back in the world, like you have to learn how to flow with the game and use like I use my strength to to the best benefits I can. Um, you know, I even some of the defensive players this year, they, um, throughout the spring, it'd be like, it's really like sneaky because like, obviously I'm not the biggest back. So you think like one big hit I'll go down, but you know, I pride myself on balance and running strong and finishing like however I can. But I always want to make the big plays. So like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to stay up and, Make second uh second level defenders
0: miss so I could maximize every single play. I've been talking to you about since you got here. I love that you wear twenty four. Um I think that's an old school running back number. Um when I was a kid thirty three, twenty four, thirty, yeah, um, thirty two, you know, those are all you know, running back numbers. Now everybody wants a single digit. Yeah. You bring up Alvin Kamara. I think <laughs> you'd like to make the move to six if if Coach Heipel grants you that number going into fall camp, right? Uh, it would be it would be nice i do have a lot of people telling
2: me to keep 24 though but um i mean i'm weighing the options you know if coach tripod does let me it's, i have a decision to make i have a
0: decision to make but i how, don't don't know yet how precious are those single digit numbers and how much do you all as players i won't say bicker back and forth about getting one but at the same time it, uh, there's only so many of them and a lot of you want them oh um, how much is that a discussion it comes up every now and then, you know. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people want
2: single-digit numbers. Obviously, me personally, I honestly don't like like fathom over over the the single digits. I mean, the player makes the number. Like, I feel um, I haven't even really wore single digits that much. I wore 21 in high school because uh, my brother uh, really couldn't finish playing football, so I uh, wore 21. But um, I just feel like the player makes the number. I don't, like, fathom single digits. Oh, that's –
0: you know, Eric Berry was 10 in high school, and Eric Hange was number 10 when he got here. And once Eric graduated, he could have moved to 10, but he decided to stay in 14 because he wanted to make 14 his own. Yeah, And he did. Now everybody associates that number at Tennessee with Eric Eric Berry. So, you know, I mean, I'm with you there. I I I think that's a a good way to look at it. What are some of your goals heading into this fall?
2: Number one goal is, you know, I want to be more electric, and more useful to the team you know going into my second year i want to operate as a vet you know however the rotation works out i'm gonna do whatever i can to help this team out um to help us accomplish our goal each and every single step of the way but i want to i want to make plays i want to make plays like game in and game out take the field
0: what's your favorite play call is there one when it comes in in practice or comes in in a game and you're in for it? You're like, yes, this is. They block this up. I run this well. I probably wouldn't say play call, but
2: if I see a five man box on the defensive side and we're running some type of um, tackle pool or insert insert scheme, maybe I got confidence in my old line. I I just sometimes I know I could tell by looking at the front when a play is just gonna just gonna hit. You know. I understand. Alright, we're gonna do some social media questions. Favorite shoe. Favorite shoe? Um, probably Jordan Forrest. I like I I don't have a specific one, but I just like Jordan Foas, the style of him. Funniest teammate. Funniest teammate? We got a lot of characters on the team. Like too many. Um Joe can honestly be up there. He like he don't ever stop joking. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's a lot. Grumpiest teammate. Grumpiest? Yeah, nah. Everybody come in with good energy. We, we not, <laughs> we not grumpy. We not. <laughs> everybody, I, I don't know. We all energetic for the most part. You know, nobody really grumpy. If they don't talk, then they just like just vibe. Who's you the know? quietest person on this team? Probably quietest. I would probably um prime, prime uh Cara Garland. Yeah, Garland. He he's one. He just be in his own.
0: When you when he speaks, is that one of those where everybody goes? He's <laughs> like it's like yeah. Yeah, one of those. All right, let's go rapid fire. Favorite moment from last season? Mizzou, when I just
2: like probably broke every single run I touched.
0: Biggest surprise to you about the program here? How much they take care of our bodies.
2: They do a really good job of taking care of us.
0: What brand would your ideal NIL sponsor be? Nike. How old were you when you started playing football and running back?
2: Uh, I was uh, nine years old.
0: Were you a running back then?
2: I was a running back. I wa- I wanted to be like Reggie Bush, but they gave me number 85. Eighty-five. Yep.
0: Or somebody else on the Did team. Did you make that number it. your own? Um, what do you miss <laughs> most about Louisiana? The food, uh,
2: of course. My mama cooking.
0: Is there anything up here that can come close? I don't know if I explored enough. I, I
2: don't. I haven't found any. I haven't found anything yet. Tell us about your favorite Mardi Gras experience. Probably Spanish Town and um, Baton Rouge. It, it's really the same experience all the time. Sure. Yeah. Um, bees king cake can anybody on this team beat you in a race now i'm gonna say no everybody else gonna uh say yeah they're gonna be like squirrels gonna blow you out but there's actually we should do a big a big race jalen wright is fast squirrel white is fast i'm fast dante dante i want to see i actually do want to see dante run for real tell me about your involvement in ball legacy me and squirrel actually often like going to the community a lot you know um there was one 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 of the best uh memories probably we were like a judge at a um science fair an elementary school science fair and there was like so many kids that were happy to see us and we like judged their projects
0: and stuff it was cool though when you're around those kids and they see how you how you and you see how they look at you what's that mean to you it's just like a constant
2: reminder to keep keep going each and every day it's a constant reminder to like wake up and make the right decisions because I mean, you don't realize it until you like step out into community, or until you like walking from a game, and there's lines of people like asking for an autograph, whether you played or not. It's just like you wear that orange, and they know you're on the team. It's just like they look in like in awe, and it's just like a constant reminder to just be like the best, the best you each and every single day.
0: When you walk out of the stadium, and there's that group of kids right there on the on the you know on the fence line, and they go, Dylan, Dylan.
2: No, that's like, you know, for like kids to like know my name, whether like regardless of how much I did, they recognize my face. It's just like, you know I mean, how can you not go over there and, you know, spend some time with them, take a picture with them, you know, sign a couple autographs for them.
0: You were homecoming king in high school mm-hmm. when they announced you. Did you know you had won? Did you think you had won? Kind of take me through that and, and any interesting stories
2: that go back to that. I was pretty sure I won. I think somebody actually snuck into the uh the ballots and told me I won. <laughs> no, but um uh, They stuffed the box by a lot. But um it was kind of cool though. I walked out into the middle of the field, they gave me a crown, I did a backflip, gave him a hand and I, I walked off. Better backflip,
0: you were Joe Milton. Me. Joe's just a big large human, so he looks it looks cooler. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Oh, the rare one. We've had a lot of LeBrons. We've had some Kobe's though, too. I love Kobe. I say Jordan, but I'm going to just say,
2: why don't we just let all the great players just, like, rest in their eras? Jordan. Well, that's just
0: what Jordan wants to do, right? You Jordan, never heard
2: him say he's the GOAT. Right. Jordan is in his era. LeBron is in his era. I think we should just both agree that they are one of the best basketball players to ever touch the court, and we should just let them both be great. Stop, How much did you watch
0: Last Dance when it came out? I watched I watched the whole thing with, I mean, my,
2: with my dad um, – because it was just me and the, him in the house at that time. I think my mom was out with my sister for a cheer competition, so we were just like binge-watching. do the it. whole
0: season? You binge-watched the whole season? We watched it, man. Any summer plans coming up? You go back to Louisiana for May?
2: Yeah, I will go back um, for May. We might take a family trip with my family. Uh, might go to Florida Um, for a little bit of time we get off, but I'll definitely go back
0: home. Any kind of pregame superstitions for you? I mean, do you? is there anything you do every game? Any music, certain music you listen to every game? Anything? I wouldn't say superstitions,
2: but... Or routines? I mean, I always, always pray in in the hotel when we get to the field and as soon as we run, run through the tunnel. Um, as far as music, I always, like, I fluctuate what type of music I play. So, like, when we're first arriving, I might have some, like, more hype music on. And as, the, as it gets closer to kickoff time, I, like, mellow down with some... I'm weird. I mellow down with some calmer music to just – I mean, we six, we playing for 60 minutes while I, you know our adrenaline is rushing, so I, like, calm down before I attack the field, and then it just, like, it gets me right every time.
0: Yeah, you, D. Williams broke off the gritty last year at Vanderbilt. <laughs> right as he crossed the, the line, made everybody think he tore his hamstring. You got anything planned? Like, I mean, do you, is, there a, is there a dance that, you know, we might see this fall? I don't have nothing planned yet. I mean – I might I might just think of
2: something. Might maybe I'm in a hotel. I just want to get I don't I don't have anything planned right
0: now. D Williams though, he he always got something. That's that's the dancer on the team. When Alvin had the touchdown at the Battle of Bristol and he flashed the 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 silver. The uh yeah, yeah. yeah. I I people just come up with ideas. I don't know. Squirrel be having a lot of ideas too. Um I don't know. I might come up with some. How would you describe Squirrel? You guys are thick as thieves. I mean, you know, you guys are always playing the video games together and stuff. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a quiet kid, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I think he's starting to come out of his shell a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah, he definitely is. Squirrel's the type of person who's just like, I mean, if he doesn't really know you that much, like he'll just like, you know, he'll just like keep it pushing. Um, he's not real talkative. That's not like saying that. That's just, you know, people like that. I know a lot of people like that. But, um, I mean, as he's like taking a bigger role in this offense, I, the coaches are challenging him too. And um, I mean, obviously he hangs out with me. I'm more, more the talkative one, but I mean, I'm, I'm seeing him, you know, be a leader more, come out of his shell, you know, coach up guys, talk more, you know, so, I mean, that's good to see. Um, But yeah, I'm, me, and, me and Square are real close.
0: Why are you so close?
2: I don't even know when it happened. Uh it's probably some point last season, but I feel like it's because we have the same mindset. Like, I mean, everybody has the same goal everybody says they wants to go to the NFL, but the way you approach it is, is different, like no matter what level you in. So like, like, we all playing at the SEC level, everybody wants to go to the league, but like the mindset that me and him approach it with, the way we think, the way we communicate and talk, like we just like, you know, connect on so many different levels and just like, man, you, we both like doing what like we gotta do to like put ourselves in the best position.
0: Give me one or two guys who you've seen change their mindset. Maybe didn't have that mindset last year. I mean, you go back a year ago. Jalen Hyatt's well chronicled for how he changed his mindset, and, mm-hmm. and then of course look at him now. Who do you? Who can you see from maybe November of last year through spring practice had a different mindset or a different focus? Um. Jay Wright, for sure, he's one of them. Who is really close with Jalen Hyatt. So I think that, that's easy for him to buy in, right? I mean he's always
2: friend to it. I I see the, the you know, the want and the passion in Jay Wright all the time. Why he's on the field, how hard he runs. But just like like I said, him off the field, like the way he his mindset he attacks situations with, I could definitely see the you know, the just the change in the mindset and you know, the reality of NFL could be coming really soon, you know. And another person I would say is Kamal Haddon over the, like, just the way he's been off the field, like, the conversations I have had with him, you know, I feel
0: like he has really, he really changed his mindset too. Do you think the South Carolina game wasn't a wake-up call for him? Because he was jawing, y'all were down 30. <laughs> and he took such a kind of a like a, a Twitter bloodbath on that deal. Do you think that, that, that maybe was a wake-up call? I mean, you know, because I mean, that, that he has someone who – has drawn praise this spring for being more focused.
2: I don't know if it was a wake up call. I feel like that game should have been a wake up call for everybody. Sure. I mean, but I mean, he's definitely been like, I mean, coach, coaches have said it. Um, coach Martinez spoke on it a little bit. But I mean, you could tell just in his detail, his focus. Um, there's a lot of young DBs in the room. The way he coaches them up um, on and off the field, like, is a different, you know,
0: a different mindset. Well, Dylan, man, we appreciate the time, and uh, we look forward to watching you this fall, whether it be in six or 24 or (laughs) some other number that Coach Heupel gives you heading into the 2023 season. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Dylan Sampson, an electrifying player on the field. One more show to go. Next week we'll have Joey Halsley on Vol Club Confidential, Tennessee's offensive coordinator, as he heads into year one calling plays for the Tennessee Volunteers.